Well, God bless you. Welcome to the wonderful Words of Life radio program. We're going to be talking about prayer and power. Prayer and power. Two essential things so necessary for the church uh, to be involved in, to be a church of prayer and to be a church of power. So let's go ahead and pray and we'll get right into the Word of God. Father, we bless you. We thank you today. We ask for your help today, both in the ministering of the word and in the receiving of the word. And we'll give you thanks for that in Jesus name. Amen. Praise God. Now, in Matthew chapter five, Jesus, this is uh, chapter five is uh, is entitled the Beatitudes. There's something he said in here about hungering and thirsting. Let's go ahead and read Uh, Chapter five, Matthew, chapter five, beginning in verse one and seeing the multitudes, he went up on a mountain and when he was seated, his disciples came to him. Then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, now, principally, Jesus is speaking to his disciples. But of course, we know that there was a multitude following him at this time. So they were in on what Jesus was saying. But notice Jesus says in verse three, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And then verse six, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall uh, be filled. And so we want to look at some operative words in that verse of Scripture. Notice once again, blessed are those who who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. We could say it this way. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. And if we're not hungering and if we're not thirsting after the things of righteousness, which prayer and power uh, necessarily are part of seeking after righteousness, uh, then we need to pray to get hungry. Amen. We need to pray to get thirsty. And notice Jesus says that when we do hunger and thirst after righteousness, we shall be filled. So that is a positive promise uh, from the Lord Jesus himself, that if we will do what Jesus said we are to do, then we shall receive the benefit of it. And so there's some operative words here in this verse of Scripture. And I've already talked about one of them, which do. See, that's that's faith which do. That's reaching out to God uh, with uh, faith into the realm that uh, that God is the governor of. Amen. Praise God. Uh, we can't uh, we can't be filled by ourselves. We have to be filled by him. Amen. Praise God. And God does require faith. Uh, remember uh, that Paul in writing to the Hebrew Christians said for uh, in order for us to please him, we must have faith for without faith. It is impossible to please him for he that comes to God. This is what we're talking about in this session, coming to God, asking him for something. Amen. Desiring something from him and for him to grant that request. And of course, he's already said that he would. 
If we hunger and thirst after righteousness, Jesus says we shall be filled with that. Praise God. And of course, prayer and power would be included in seeking after righteousness. Amen. So there has to be the element of faith involved in order for us to receive power. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. And we do that. Of course, we do that through prayer. And of course, prayer has got to be has have does have to have mixed within it. Amen. An element of faith. Praise God. And then the other operative word is hunger and thirst. See, that's what God stirs in you and in me. And it's what we yield to. Amen. God initiates revival. He initiates this kind of of praying, this kind of hungering, this kind of thirsting. Praise God. Amen. Uh, You know, when you wake up in the morning, uh, you know, you may have your cup of coffee. Or you just may sit. Now, after a while, say like about an hour, hour and a half, amen, your your tummy tells you it's time to eat. You start getting hungry, and you yield to that hunger by going and fixing yourself uh, something to eat. Well, uh, as we wait upon the Lord, praise God, amen. As we wait upon the Lord, and as we seek Him for these things, there may not be anything at that moment working in us. But if we'll continue to seek God by faith, there will be down on the inside of this initiation of a a hunger and a thirsting for more of God. Praise God. Amen. How many of you, when you were uh, around supper time, you were not particularly hungry? Uh, But your husband or your wife got into the kitchen and started cooking and you smelled the aroma of that food that was cooking. And all of a sudden your appetite, amen, kicked in and you got hungry and you were ready to eat then. Well, something was initiated in you that caused that hunger. Well, that works in a spiritual world, too. Amen. As we pray in faith and as we seek God by faith. Amen. God then begins to initiate in answer to our prayer and in answer to our hunger. He initiates something on the inside of us, that hungering and thirsting for more. Praise God. And when we hunger and thirst for more, that's God working in us, bringing us to that place, bringing us into alignment. Then where he can pour out uh, the blessing and the power of God upon us. Praise God. So that's a very Uh, Very important operative words, hunger and thirst, praise God. But notice what Jesus said. If we hunger and thirst after righteousness, we shall be filled. Amen. I look at it this way. Hungering and thirsting after righteousness is hungering and thirsting after him because he is righteousness. He has made us the righteousness of God in him. Amen. And if we will do that, Jesus says we shall be filled. Amen. This will come to pass as a result. So hunger is a good thing. Amen. Hunger in the world is what motivates men to to work. It's what motivates men and women to seek employment, to earn money. Why? Because uh, they're hungry. Amen. And that'll cause somebody to desire to work, even when he doesn't necessarily want to work. That hunger will drive him to do things he ordinarily would not do. Praise God. One preacher said one time that uh, any government can control its people until they get hungry. When they get hungry, that's when riots begin. That's when uh, people start um, thinking about overthrowing their government and getting a new one. So hunger is a good thing. Amen. It's a great persuader, one preacher said. 
It's a persuader that persuades men uh, to be motivated and to move in a certain direction. It causes a desperation, amen, when people get hungry. Now think about that on a spiritual note. If we get desperate in our heart for more of God, and that hunger and that thirsting that God initiates in us cannot be satisfied. And the more we seek him, praise God, hallelujah, the more we become desperate for the things of God, desperate for a move of God. How desperately do we need revival in the churches today? How desperately do we need, amen, our, our churches and our denominations, amen, to to, to go back to uh, believing the Bible and preaching the word of God and, and raising up men and women who, are, who will declare the word of God. And not man's words, not man's wisdom, but the wisdom of God. So there is a certain desperation when people get hungry, when we get hungry for the things of God. Amen, praise God. Hunger, so hunger is a good thing. Amen, and we can look at the word of God as supreme examples of what God did for people who were hungry. Amen. The greatest thing that God can do for you and for me is to take possession of us. Amen. But we have to be willing for him to do that. See, that's part of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. When God begins to take possession of us, spirit, soul, and body, praise God. When God, the Holy Spirit, comes in and takes possession of us, amen, and he'll do that if we get hungry. So the question today is, are we? Are we hungry? Are we hungry for the things of God? Well, in the book of Acts, there were people who were hungry. Amen. Praise the Lord. We see that. We see that through the Gospels, you know, and we see it through the book of Acts, in the very, very first chapter of the book of Acts, it says this, to whom also he showed himself, talking about Jesus, after his passion, by many infallible proofs being seen of them 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So what happened after Jesus was raised from the dead? Well, he was down here on earth for 40 days and he visited with his disciples many times. Amen. And many more of his disciples, not just the 11, but many, many more people. Praise God. And he showed himself alive to them. Praise God. And he spoke to them of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And it says in verse 4 of Acts chapter 1, And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which says he, You have heard of me. For John, John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. What do you think would happen to us if we would not depart from our place of prayer? If we would not depart from our altars until we were endued with power from on high, do you think God would ignore us? Do you think he would just tap us on the shoulder and say, no, I'm not going to do that right now. You just go on and, and uh, maybe I'll do that sometime in the future. No, no, God would answer. He answers the cries of hungry hearts. Amen. Praise God. I remember many years ago, 
hearing a story about an evangelist that used to uh, evangelize in the North Country. And he was up in Siberia, way up north towards the North Pole. And he had built a special vehicle to to get uh, and to move around in that area. And he came upon this tribe of Eskimos and he walked up to them and uh, started witnessing to them. And they gave their heart to Christ so easily. But he didn't know this evangelist didn't know all the story. The story was this, that at night they would look up to the heavens And they knew by instinct that there was a creator. And they said, we don't know who you are, but we want to know you. And so God heard that prayer. See, he heard the hunger in their hearts and he sent that evangelist. Think about that. Only God could orchestrate something like that. Think of the vast frontier of Siberia. And yet this evangelist ran uh, ran up upon this group of hungry people that wanted to, wanted to know the creator of heaven and earth. See, that's hunger. That's thirsting after righteousness. And notice what else uh, Paul records. And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times of the seasons which the father has put in his own power, but you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And so the disciples, they returned to Jerusalem. They went into an upper room. And verse 14, it says, and these all, these all continued in one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus and with his brethren. Amen. See, that's the church getting off on the right foot. God orchestrated this. The Lord Jesus orchestrated this. But there were people willing to follow him and to do what he said do. Amen. So what did the 120 in the upper room? What did these uh, 11 uh, disciples of his and the Mary, the mother of Jesus, what, what did they do in the upper room? Well, they spent those next 10 days in a prayer meeting. Praying, And I'm sure they fasted also, although uh, the scripture doesn't say that they did. But I'm, I'm sure they did. Prayer and fasting. And the more they prayed and the more they fasted, the hungrier they got. And to that point, it says in Acts chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. And suddenly they heard a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it sat upon them. Amen. Cloven tongues as a fire sat upon them and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in other tongues as the spirit gave them utterance. Praise God. See, God right then, right there, birthed the church of God, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God. And God was able to do that. You see, he was working in the 120 and they were raised, their prayers were rising up to heaven. Their prayers and fasting and commitment to God and hunger and thirsting was rising up for God. And at the same time, God's power and glory was coming down and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. So I want to ask you again, are you hungry? Praise God. We need to be. Amen. I'll just say right along with you. I am. I'm hungry. I'm hungry to see more of God. I'm hungry to see more souls saved. I'm hungry to see more people set free 
Praise God. I'm hungry to see our nation turned around. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, there's another incident in the Bible in Acts chapter 13. Now, notice this. Now, there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas and Simeon, that was called Niger and Lucius of Cyrene and Manan, which had been brought up with Herod, the Tetrarch, and Saul. See, God included everybody. Everybody, praise God. Doesn't matter our station in life. Doesn't matter our standard of living. God calls us all. And there's one thing that causes us all to be an equalizer or an unequal. Amen. One thing that is an equalizer, praise God. And that's hungering and thirsting after righteousness. Amen. If we hunger and thirst after righteousness, we shall be filled. Now, notice this in verse two. And as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, separate me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I have called them. They were ministering to the Lord and they were fasting. That means they were praying. They were singing. They were worshiping God. They were fasting. They were praying. Amen. They were doing all of this. And I would imagine that this was something that went on for hours. Not just a few minutes, for hours. Praise God. Normally, uh, the Jews fasted from sundown to sunup. So this may have been going on for quite some time. And as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. See, that was a divine appointment. But it came to them by them seeking him. And I wonder what God wants to do for you. And I wonder what God wants to do for all of us if we'll just seek him, if we'll just minister to him, if we'll just spend some time fasting and praying and worshiping, praise God, amen, and get to that point to where the Holy Ghost then will speak to us and tell us what he wants us to do. But that's not all they did. I mean, Barnabas and Saul got their divine appointment, but then it says in verse 3, and when they had fasted and prayed some more and laid hands on them, they sent them away. Praise God. And of course, we know the rest of the story going through the book of Acts, the tremendous journeys and missionary tours that that uh, that uh, Saul and Barnabas and Saul and Titus and and uh, Barnabas and, and John took, you know, and all the souls they got born again, all the people that they got filled with the Spirit and all the people that they were healed and delivered. Praise God. With persecutions, of course. But God gave them a hundredfold return. I think that's wonderful. And then over in Acts chapter 19, when Paul in his third missionary journey, when he was in uh, Ephesus, and uh, he preached. He was there for three years preaching the gospel, teaching. And then it says in verse 18, And many that believed came and confessed and showed their deeds. Many that were involved in witchcraft. Amen. They accepted Jesus. And they repented. And they came and brought their magic arts. And many of them also, which used curious arts, brought their books together and burned them before all men. And they counted the price of them and found it 50,000 pieces of silver. So mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. 50,000 pieces of silver. That involves a lot of people that have repented, you see. But God, 
opened that door to Paul because he would not stop. He would not cease praying. He would not cease preaching. He was hungering and thirsting after God for a move in that city, and God gave it to him. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. This is wonderful things. Well, what wonderful things does God have in store for you? And he's just waiting for you to begin by faith to pray, Lord, I'm hungering and thirsting after you. By faith. Many people have walked into a great revival and have experienced a great revival, not because God motivated them, but because there was something on the inside of them. Amen. That created a hunger and a thirst after God. Amen. The great Hebrides revival. How did it begin? It began by two ladies and a man that saw the, the, the sorry condition of, of his uh, people in his community. And so he began to seek God. They began to seek God, fasting and praying. And God sent them a man. And God created a great revival and turned that, turned that town completely upside down. They were going one way, took a 180 degree turn and went the other way for God. Amen. And we know that through hungering and thirsting after righteousness, he prepares our hearts for that which he has already determined to be done. And that tells us that if God has already determined for you and I to do certain things, but we don't get involved, we don't connect with him, we don't align with him, those things will not be done. Then somebody else will have to do them and we'll lose our reward. See, God's purposes come to pass when our hearts and our minds, amen, our hearts and our minds begin to develop that hungering and thirsting. It's almost a crying after God. Amen. And then we begin to pray these prayers of earnestness, crying, supplication, Amen. The hunger is driving us. Amen. To want and desire more of God. And this hungering and thirsting, it comes into our hearts. And this yearning comes into our hearts that we must have these things. And see, our whole nature then becomes engaged. And when that happens, something is going to happen. Amen. God will pass over a million people to get to you. Amen. That's crying and praying with this kind of fervency and desire, with this kind of hunger and thirsting. Praise God. So that's why we pray to get hungry. For God to stir our hearts and he'll do it because it's his will to do it. He wants to do for us that which he has ordained for us before the foundation of the world was ever laid. Praise God. Hallelujah. God wants to do these things for us. Blessed are they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. You know, the word hunger there, the Greek word is paneo. And it's hungering as a man who is starving. I remember years ago, my wife uh, was... Uh, in downtown Tallahassee, and she had taken our son to the batting cage. That's when he was uh, in school. 
And uh, they had eaten lunch and Patsy had taken uh, what she did not eat, taken it with her. And uh, she was standing outside of the batting cage and this man came up and said he was hungry, wanted some money. And so she wouldn't give him any money. She said, but I have some food and I'll give you some food. And so she gave him what was in the bag. He literally tore that bag open and with his hand. He took that food and stuffed it into his mouth. That man was so hungry. There's no telling how long he'd been uh, without food. Just think about that on a spiritual context. What happens to us when we get that kind of hunger that cannot be satisfied until God fills it? Amen. Praise God. Do we hunger as a man hungers who is starving? Now, the Greek word thirst comes from the Greek word dipseo. And it's to thirst as a man who is parched. Think about a man in the desert, run out of water, and then he sees an oasis. He'll gather whatever strength is left in him, and he'll make it to that oasis, and he'll drink until he's filled. Hungering and thirsting after righteousness. It's so important for us today, especially in this day and in this season. Let's pray to get hungry because there are greater things in store for us. But these things must be sought out through faith and prayer. And I'll add fasting along with that. If prayer is not getting the job done, if, if prayer is not by itself is not granting a breakthrough, then add fasting. We must have these things. We must have them for not just for ourselves. We must have them for our church. We must have them for our community. We must have them for our children and our grandchildren. Just think about that. Think about our children and our grandchildren, how much they, whether they know it or not, how much they are dependent upon our prayer for them. And our fasting for them. Amen. Praise God. Instilling faith on the inside of them for them then to believe God. Oh, this is a terrible. This is a, a wonderful thing. Amen. Now, it just involves work. It is labor. But we do that anyway, don't we? Don't we work all week for a paycheck? That paycheck is our reward. Well, there is a reward. They that diligently seek him shall be rewarded. For without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Think about that. He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Hungering and thirsting after righteousness is diligently seeking him. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to see changes in my life. And based upon the word of God, I know I can have those changes. If I do what Jesus said, do hunger and thirst after righteousness, I shall be filled. These changes shall take place. Praise God. There may be things in our life we need to have omitted. Well, hungering and thirsting after righteousness, those things will fall off. 
there may be things that need to be added to our life. Maybe we're not satisfied. Maybe we're not satisfied with our marriage. Maybe we're thinking it's our spouse that's the problem. It could be us. We could be the problem. See, God will move on our behalf. But he says, they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, they shall be filled. Amen. Which tells me if we don't hunger and if we don't thirst after righteousness, we're not going to get filled. Which means our Christian life, we're going to go along half empty. Let's get filled. Let's get filled. Let's get filled to the brim to overflowing. Let's know what it's like. Amen. To have a life that's filled of prayer and filled with power. Amen and amen. Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you were to die today, that you would be prepared for heaven? If you're not sure, then I encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Father God, I come to you through your Son, Jesus Christ. I repent and ask you to forgive me of my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I surrender my heart and life to you. By faith, I believe I receive you as my Lord and Savior. And I thank you for receiving me in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed this prayer and desire to know more about the gift of Christ that the Heavenly Father offers you, then email us at rbtc86 at gmail.com. We will be glad to answer your questions promptly and provide you at your request with materials that will help you to grow in your faith in the Lord Jesus. This is Patsy Dunning. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. And let me remind you to tune in to this station at the same time next week to hear more of the wonderful words of life. God bless you and remember what Jesus said. It is the Spirit who gives life.